Carl, are you ready to do a creep off? I am so ready to do this creep off. It's a long time coming today. Oh, goody, goody. <laughs> oh, goody, goody. Let's start off. Let's lead off with the recap. Hey, everyone. Tucker Dixon here, and this is your recap. There were no crimes committed by either creep. Here, let me explain. See, Vinny's creep killed his stripper girlfriend, which is like destroying your own PS5. It's kind of shitty because others could have derived pleasure from it, but ultimately, it's your own object and you can do with it as you please. Whereas the supposed victims of Carl's creep voluntarily went to Applebee's. Honestly, being given drugs that cause you not to remember your night is the best scenario here. Whereas my bartender creep would have been Sam Malone, because after 11 fucking years of will they, won't they with Diane, they just decide, eh, we're not going to get together. You know what? Fuck you, Sam. You should have just gotten together. You should have gotten married in, like, season five. What the fuck is going on here? Jesus. Anyways, Tucker, out. How old is Tucker Dixon? In his mid-50s. I think so. Jesus. Attention, parents. What you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot. It's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm gonna deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. I'm coming out. <laughs> I've got to move my car and all my friends are dead. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos. Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps by creeps for you creeps. I am your co-host. Ooh, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Carl Hamburger loves me. Don't get it wrong. I may be big, I'm very strong. I can pick you up and go to pizza. <laughs> That's my new theme song. I love it. Yep, go to Pizza Hut. Fucking Marmalade. It's Vinny taking to Pizza Hut Paulino, everybody. Ah, uh, Vinny the Pizza Paulino is what they're gonna, they would call me if I had to do the consequence you did the other night. Um, really piss poor job, Carl. What? What are you talking about? I did my consequence. I was Carl Hamburger. I was Banana Docs for a second. I, I did it all. Well, it was supposed to be four hours because the listeners voted. That's not true. You you deprived our listeners. That's not true. Well, what you happens... didn't do it for you didn't do it for months and months and months. Uh -huh. And everybody said you had to do more time because you didn't do your consequence for months and months and months. And then I let them vote. I let them decide. They could have given you just an hour. But they chose to give you four hours. And you know what you did? Basta. You spit in their faces. All right. Well, first off, Benny, what happens is when you put out a poll that says how many hours do you want Carl to act like a hamburger, they're going to put in do you the highest number. Do you think I didn't know that? Right. So what I did is the fair thing to do. When you do a poll like that, you have to throw out the highest and the lowest numbers. So you're right. I fucked up. It should have started with four hours. <laughs> so I threw and, out and four. Did eight hours. I threw out four. I threw out, what was the other one? Two. And then the average was an hour and a half. No, Carl. So I did an hour 45. Oh, you're the worst. It was very I will tell you. 
I will tell you this though, I do have a lot of fun clips. Oh, look at me! I'm a cheeseburger. Oh, I really got into character. Consequence for sucking at a game. Oh, it's not bad. He 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 actually did entertain me with that fucking voice. Jesus. But I will say this. Why do hamburgers? I'm gonna like show that? you I'm some mercy. Sure. It's fine. You only did an hour forty-five, Carl. You could have done less than that, and I never would have been mad at you, buddy. Oh, interesting. So now all of a sudden you want to get in my good graces, huh? There's something behind me, and I don't like. I that. see a wheel. What happened last week with the voting? Uh, hold on. I'm I am excited. I won sixty-three <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, you commie bastard. I win this round five to one. Did you just call me a communist for some reason? Yeah. I just want, Do I look Canadian to you, <laughs> I sir? just want five to one. No, you definitely look American to me. <laughs> you couldn't look more American. Uh, that means that, A, this means three things. Uh, Tucker Dixon's plan did not work. Ha <laughs> ha, Tucker Dixon. Well, there we can agree. Uh, it also means way to go, Tucker. Good job. I'm finally back in our Patreon money. Yep, that's good news. So next month you'll get paid. I'll be swimming through the coins like Scrooge McDuck. I'm looking forward to that. And then lastly, it means... I don't know how the the people at the Papa John's are going to survive. <laughs> lastly, it means that you'll be spinning the wheel of consequences today because I win this round, and it's your turn to spin the wheel of consequences. What oh no. Last what was the last time you had to spin the wheel of consequences? I mean, you had to do that um, that one it's consequence. It's been a it while. Was, yeah, it wasn't and even frankly, because I won. you haven't had dinner with Heather W. yet, so I That's should just true. refuse. That's but true. I'm a good sport, and I play the game. Well, Heather W. put her, her name out there, and then she disappeared. Yeah. We haven't heard from her, so I don't know what the deal is. Maybe she can't find Rumble. I don't know. I'm going to put money on that. She wouldn't be the only person. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the first time someone just up and moved on her. She, she just walked into an empty apartment and was like, where'd everybody go? Is that what I was saying? But Yeah, but it's happened to her before. So um, this is a game, the creep off, where Vinny and I compete for votes. We each pick the biggest creep in different categories. We present our case. And then you go to our website, thecreepoff.com, and you vote for who you thought brought the biggest creep. And when one of us reaches five wins... The other one loses that suspend the wheel of consequences, which we'll do at the end of the show today. We'll find out what Vinny has to do for his consequence in this romping. I'm going to do better. I will do better is what I'm going to do. Let's not forget on that wheel is a the other person has to spin. So anything can happen today, folks. Anything can happen. Just a strategically placed quarter taped to the back of the wheel. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to check the weighting on that. If that thing spins awkwardly, we'll be checking that out. <laughs> it just stops quickly. It stops on a dime. Literally. Vinny, did you just push a button? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Carl, we are starting off. This is a brand new round. I think this is a good thing to do. Whenever we start a new round, we should start out on a wild card. Just for fucking fun. Sure. I like wild card. <laughs> yeah, I know you honestly... I think you and I both go extra fucking hard when it's a wild card round. Well, right. The gloves are off with wild yeah. card You, rounds. I mean, you really get out of your element. You pick people like Fauci and Joe Biden <laughs> and whatever Cuomo brother you happen to be railing about at your house. I have had some landscape victories. Not with Chris Cuomo, unfortunately, but his brother definitely helped me out quite a bit. Really boring. 
<laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, boy. That's Can't all wait I have to hear how many that. drops you have from that. It should be fun. Oh. It should be fun. Are you ready to get this thing started? Ring that bell. All right. I am the winner, so I will go first in this wild card edition of the Creep Off. And I have chosen a man. You're familiar with this guy. His name is Leonard Lake. Leonard Lake is a creep. Leonard Lake is a problem. And he made a friend. He made a friend uh, who was born in Hong Kong, came over to the U.S. on a visa. Charles Ng. Yes. Charles and, uh, Ng. Charles Ng and Leonard Lake, they really got up to it. I'm going to call in, him. I'm going you know, to go as far as to call him Gruesome Twosome. That's a pretty good way to describe these two. Let's go back in time, 1984 to 1985, San Francisco. you're driving me crazy. Go ahead. Why? What's going on? What's wrong with my camera? What did I do? Oh, gosh. You have OCD. You have OCD, don't you? When you get a pizza pie, does that have to be perfectly symmetrical? Like the sausage on one side is like the same as the sausage on the other side? You use? And the meatballs? In equal amount of blueberries? <laughs> yeah. In each buffet? Do you know how much time that's going to take? An equal amount. <laughs> all right. Carl, all I'm saying is that if your hideous face is not directly in the center of that yeah. little square, I get uncomfortable. I can tell. All right, cool. So... Let's go through and talk about 1984 and 1985 wow. with this first clip. I you. In just 11 months between July 1984 and June 1985, friends, neighbors, and entire families, women, men, and children vanished without a trace. In that time, 11 innocent people were later proved to have been kidnapped and killed. Many were also tortured and raped by the serial killing pair Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. I really love that guy whenever you bring clips in from that guy because he yeah. sounds like the creepy documentary Robin Leach. Yes, right. He really does. He's like, and they found their fortunes in the garden outside of Leonard Lake's summer home. Lifestyles of the depraved. An infamous lifestyles of the shitty and infamous. Yes. Um, all right. So how do you kidnap people back in the eighties? There was no internet. So how do you find your victims? I think back then it back was just then. Uh, ice cream worked. Well, no, what you did was there was a thing called the newspaper. And in the newspaper, you could take out, I'm going to sound like Don LaPree, tiny classified ads that would make you $35 to $40 in one newspaper could be spread over thousands of newspapers. What if I you told you you could get 11 sex slaves from your one-bedroom one apartment? I was pulling in 11 sex slaves on a weekly basis. I was murdering them. I was torturing them. And yes, it was fun. All right, this is how they were doing it, through uh, answering ads in the newspaper. They would answer an ad in, in a paper. Uh, usually the ad was for some merchandise that they needed. They would kidnap whoever was selling the merchandise, take the merchandise, use the woman for their sexual pleasure. They would make her a slave. And whoever the man was that was with her would be summarily killed. All right, so they got the goods. They made I feel like sure Mr. Take the pussy. What did I do? Yeah, they made sure to get whatever equipment they wanted to purchase, but they also got it for free, and they got a, a sex slave through that, too. Now, did Leonard Lake ever have a chance? I don't know. His parents split up when he was very young, when he was six years old. 
he went to go live with his grandparents, and that probably wasn't the best environment for a young, impressionable boy. Age six, Lake's parents separated, and he and his siblings were sent to live with their grandparents. There, his grandmother allegedly encouraged some lewd behavior. He, as a boy, had been encouraged by his grandmother to take naked pictures of his sisters. And I think that this gave him this fixation that meant that he was always, to some extent, wanted to manipulate women. His grandmother wanted him to take naked photos of his sisters when he was six. Wouldn't it be great if his grandmother was just completely senile? <laughs> and she was just like, I mean, listen, didn't when you were a little baby Carl Hamburger, did your parents ever take a naked picture of you in the tub? Probably. Yeah, that was a thing that people used to do yeah, back in the day. it was day. a thing. You're right. It wasn't seen as CP, although I don't think that's what was going on here. When she was handing him a bunch of colored pencils and going, now draw her prepubescent pussy. Like, that was a little different than what you're talking about there, buddy. These people are fucked in the head. So this guy, Leonard Lake, he goes to the military, gets out of the military. He actually went over to Vietnam, which is really good for people who have already had a fucked up childhood. Of all the people who have to fucking survive <laughs> that war, huh? It's always good to go this... to a jungle and get shot at by people you thought you were protecting. That's fun. So after that whole ordeal, he gets married in 1975. It's a man's world, isn't it? Amen. But... His wife decides to throw him out because he's decided to start shooting amateur porn films. And she's not really cool with this. They're like a, a lot of weird shit going on. I serve my country. In these amateur I do what porn I want. Films. So his wife's like, look it, I, I know you want to have sex with strangers and, and film it, but and, and not under my roof. All right, so you, you got to go. So he, so he gets kicked out. But he finds a second wife, and the second wife likes starring in these movies. So it works out very well for him. This guy is like a real creep about it too. Yeah. From what I understand, like he did not mind showing people what he was up to. Oh yeah, no, like he people was would proud be showing pictures of their kids and be like, hey, 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 come on over to my house. And then he like closed the garage door and get out the old eight millimeter. Yeah. He's a fucking weird dude. Oh yeah, no, he was very proud of himself and really probably shouldn't have been you because know, he was kind can, of a Can you prick. describe him to the people what he looked like? Um he looked like me at a nice thick beard. Uh, charismatic, handsome. I don't know, am I off on this one, Minnie? The kind of guy who produces amateur porn. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a real Carl face. You know, the word amateur makes it sound like it's somehow not as good, but that's not the case. Carl, we have... Some of the best porn is amateur porn. We, we can all agree on this. I agree. We have faces for amateur show business. <laughs> you know... Why I, are we making a video of this show? I don't even know. The first time. Just be audio only. I ever saw a picture of that guy. Yeah. I thought he looked kind of like Will Ferrell in that sketch on SNL where he was like in the hot tub. Yes. Like with his ugly wife. And he's like, we're going to have a swinger party. Love her. And they're just fucking making out and being all creepy. That's kind of Leonard Lake's vibe. Yeah. All right. I'll get down with that. That's a good way to picture it. So let's talk about Charles Ng. Because so far, we're talking about Leonard Lake. Charles Ng's not a part of his life yet. Well, Charles Ng was a kleptomaniac. He really liked stealing stuff. It was his favorite thing to do. And he went to the Marines. I fucking love these two. I'm so entertained here. You tell the story. He's great. So he lied about being from Hong Kong and joined the Marines for some reason. But then he was sent to military detention because he was stealing explosives. <laughs> He's like just robbing bombs, bringing back to his his place. Like, sir, you can't. That's not yours. We need to look at your Foot Locker soldier. <laughs> so as he's in this military detention, 
he sees an ad from Leonard Lake advertising weapons for sale. <laughs> I just like to think, by the way, yeah. that when he got caught, the fin of a missile was just hanging out the corner. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, sir, what's that in your pocket? No, it's like, oh, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, who's that laying in your bed? It's just a scud missile with a blanket <laughs> over it. <laughs> with lipstick on it. Mascara. It's my pretty girlfriend. She's sleeping. Can you be quiet? Holy shit. He was stealing, like, a lot of shit, that guy, when he was in the military. Yeah, he's a problem. He is a problem, as we'll find out uh, more so as the story unfolds. So he sees this ad for weapons. He's like, oh, I like weapons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get over there. So he escapes from military detention. And he goes to Lake's mobile home <laughs> where the FBI found him. The FBI tracks him down. Yeah, okay. Sends him to prison. And this poor guy, Lake, he gets arrested because he has illegal firearms when they, when they go and find him. And they were just like, lovers at first sight. So fortunately, Lake doesn't do any jail time because this guy, he's got shit to do. He doesn't got time for prison. I can tell you that. So he leaves the mobile home and he finds a place, oh, about 150 miles west of San Francisco. I can just imagine the FBI raiding his fucking mobile home. And he's like, what do you have in here? So he's like, weapons, but uh, don't worry about those. How'd you like to see me fuck, boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just playing that in the background, like looking over like, huh? Huh? Not bad, right? Oh, God. Yeah, Charles Singh probably would have been in and out if Leonard Lake didn't make him watch his portos. And Charles about, was like, this is cool. Think about advertising weapons for sale in the newspaper. And then the FBI shows up and you have illegal weapons. Pretty fucking dumb now that I think about it. All right, so Charles Ng, he goes off to prison uh, for escaping from the military detention. And our friend um, Leonard, Leonard Lake, he decides to go uh, build a bunker. <laughs> On the grounds of the two-acre property, Lake had built a subterranean bunker for his and his partner Ing's murderous purpose. He's, All right. He's like, this isn't a, you could call it a subterranean bunker. I call it my love lounge. Me and Charlie could be hanging out down here. They use the term dungeon a few times, but sure, love lounge. Well, however you want to describe it, Vinny. Leonard's love lounge. I don't want to yuck your yum, but I think it's a dungeon. I think it's what it is. So Ing gets out of prison. He goes back to visit with his buddy. They team up to start what they call the Miranda plan. Now, this Miranda plan is a little bit bonkers. I'm going to try to explain huh. what this was. Yeah. Basically, they're worried about, you know, back then we had the Cold War going on with Russia. And right. we thought we had nukes pointing at each other. And we all thought, like, we used to do drills in school. Like, we're, we're going to get nuked. And this is what you do when you get nuked. So this is just inevitable back in 1984. This was inevitable. Yeah, We're that's when uh, Tucker Dixon was in his mid-30s. Right, Tucker Dixon was watching Cheers. He saw the pilot for Cheers, I think, that same year. Very excited about it. So the Miranda plan was this guy Lake was going to father all of the children of the world that would rise up after nuclear Armageddon. So he was going to bring in all the chicks and impregnate them and start a whole new race of people in his bunker. And Charles Egg is like... Cool, can I come? Yeah, yeah. Which is the fucking weirdest part to me. Joe Zing's just like, uh, can I watch or can I hold the camera? Like, what's the deal with He's that? He's like, I'm going to get sloppy seconds here. All right, so let's talk about their first victims. On July the 25th, 1984, Lake and Ing's perverse Miranda plan was begun. The first woman they were thought to have abducted and enslaved was Deborah Dubbs. 
the duo would in fact murder her, her husband Harvey, and their 16-month-old son Sean. Answering an ad for video equipment, Lake and Ng showed up at their apartment in San Francisco. The pair likely killed Harvey and the baby soon after. Lake and Ng then kidnapped 33-year-old Deborah and took her back to their underground bunker. All right, so the girl comes back with them after they murder the infant and, and the dad. And uh, what they do back at this, uh, what did you call it? The Love Palace? Leonard's Love Lounge. Leonard's Love Lounge? What they do there- The Love Bunker. Is they rape and torture her for weeks before killing her. And what's fun about this whole thing is that they were able to grab all of this photography equipment because this guy was like an amateur videographer and photographer. So now they have cameras. Well, he and... wasn't until he murdered that family and took their shit. Well, no, no, no. The guy that they murdered was. Oh, right. He right, was doing right. that on the side. So they got all this really cool equipment. So now they got VCRs and video cameras and they got it all set up. They got a two-way mirror going into the dungeons so they can watch this shit and videotape it. They're just having a grand old time. If this was, by the way, this was before Twitch. This would have been one of the top Twitch channels on the internet. I guarantee you that. Big numbers. Big numbers. They would have put us some big numbers. You want to talk about super chats? <laughs> hey, if you want us to stop torturing her, we just need a twenty-dollar super chat. Everybody, get on it. If you like us to, if you like Carl to stop torturing me, please <laughs> donate to. Never. Um, so it wasn't just that they were answering ads and stealing the equipment, murdering people, and raping them. Uh, they were also just going after, like, regular dudes, too. But their lust for blood was not confined to enslaving, then murdering women for their Miranda plan. Lake and Ing also preyed on single men, too. With Lake skipping bail and now in hiding, they would randomly kill men, then steal their money, their driver's licenses, and their identities. Alright, so... Good luck, Charles Ng. Yeah, I know. Charles Ng's gotta find, like, Hong Kong guys to do that with. But anyway, he's on the lam, and he's trying to stay hidden, so they're murdering people, grabbing their ID, using that to, I don't know, play the lotto? I don't know what they're using it for. <laughs> using it for something. That's about right for those fucking so, two. It sounds about right. They're Leonard's hoping buying it. silk robes and lube. And they're just hoping to hit it big. So... This guy, I, I don't want to say he's an idiot, but Charles Ng definitely isn't the smarter of the two in this scenario. So he decides, you know what? I could try this too. I could put out ads in the newspaper. Around the same time, 38-year-old Donald Giletti had answered an ad too. This time it was posted by Charles Ng and offered free sex. The San Francisco DJ responded and he was later found murdered in his own home. <laughs> Wait, you're saying an ad for free sex didn't work out the way you had hoped? No shit, Sherlock! No shit! Who answers an ad for free sex and thinks that's gonna go well? What that's a really stupid dumb. idiot. Yep. <laughs> but this is like the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, too. I, nothing seems right about this. You got someone to fall for it. So this is something else they did that was really fucked up because I mentioned that a lot of times they would... Um, abduct they would kidnap families they'd murder the kids and the the dad and then they'd keep the mom around as like a sex slave for a while and this is just brutal one of the things that they did that is extraordinary is before killing a woman if the woman had connections she had a job she had a husband they would have the woman in her own hand 
write a letter saying she was going away, taking a job in another city and wouldn't be coming back. And they sent it to the employer, the friend, the husband, so that they wouldn't know that she was actually missing and dead. This, this is the kind of careful planning that they did. Can I point out, if women were more responsible, this would not work. No one would think for a second just a letter means, hey, by the way, I'm starting a new life. Bye. Don't look for me. See ya. Oh, no. The fact that they're like, yep, sounds like something a woman would do. Oh, she just quit her job with a letter. She left her family with a letter. Yep. Sounds about right. Oh, Sally. <laughs> so that's got to suck, right? Writing that letter down. You're like, oh, you're going to murder me, aren't you? Like, yeah, obviously we are. Keep writing there, tits. <laughs> that's not a fun that's not a fun letter to have to write, if you ask me. Tell her you're leaving your family for a man with a huge penis. Yeah, write huge larger, all caps. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> I want you to really mean it this time. All right, so these guys get busted, and they get busted in the funniest way possible. Charles Ng <laughs> steals a vice grip from a lumber store. Because he just can't help himself. He just loves stealing shit. You put him in a story, he's just like, ah, I'm going to steal something. We have the money, Charles. So, sure enough. This is why I have to repopulate the world and <laughs> yeah, not you, right. Charles. You're fucking us up. So, sure enough, the police get involved. Charles Ng flees the scene, but they grab Lake. <laughs> and Lake, they find in his car, has a silencer on his gun. Oh, that's easy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So they capture Lake, and they bring him in for questioning. Lake is prepared for this scenario, Vinny. What investigators did not know yet was that Lake had acted before his awful secret was discovered. He did not want to go to the electric chair. And so Lake took the precaution of providing for himself cyanide pills in case he was ever captured which he sewed into his jacket. It's clear that Leonard Lake knew that he would kill himself when he when he got caught. This guy's prepared. He had morning after pills. He had cyanide pills. Whatever happened that day, he was ready for it. He had a sleeve full of dildos, too, ready to go. This <laughs> Smart guy. Weirdo. So this guy gets brought in for questioning and just kills himself. And they're like, oh, shit. They, they come back into the interrogation room. I'm like, going to get some coffee and a Coke. Would you like anything? Now's no Lake? time to nap. Mr. Lake, what are you doing? So they go to his bunker and they find uh, a lot of crazy shit going on there. Obviously, you know, there was um, there were 11 or 12 bodies that they found in shallow graves buried on the property. And it was hard to tell how many people because they did a lot with these bodies when they were done with them. Yeah, they definitely shot people. They also, in addition to burying um, a lot of the bodies, they chop them up and put them in piles and burn them. One of the things that the detectives up in Calaveras were finding a lot of were little small bone chips that had previously been burned. I believe they had a big bonfire. So in some of the cases, it's hard to definitely determine what the exact cause of death was. Charles, that is not how you start a campfire. I just need some more bones for kindling. Hong Kong kindling. Uh, yeah, so they were burning the bodies on their properties. I can only imagine what that smelled like. That must have been a lot of fun. And then it was also found out that they were feeding people to chickens. One of the most 
unusual things is that they were said to have fed some of the remains of their victims to chickens, of all things. And that what the Vinnie, fuck else are you going to do with a 16-month-old? And that, Vinny Paulino, is the secret to the Chick-fil-A sandwich. You didn't know this. I'm breaking it right here, right now. Those chickens are fed human flesh, and that's why it's so amazing. The sandwiches. You think it's the mayonnaise. It's not the mayonnaise. It's the chicken itself. Interesting. <laughs> and he's like, should we go to Chick-fil-A right now? It's, I got DoorDash do on after my this? phone. It'll probably be here by the time we're done with the show. So, all right. So now we know that our friend Lake has killed himself, but this guy, uh, Ing, is on the run. He actually makes it up to Canada somehow. He makes it across the border, and he's living in Calgary. Ing on the run. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you censored a very naughty word when you uh, said it like that. Ing on the run. King uh, on the run. Okay. Uh, all right, so... Of course, in perfect Charles Ng fashion, he is caught stealing canned salmon from a supermarket. And when the store clerk confronts him. He's not paying him, those prices, Carl. This is the guy who's wanted for being a serial killer in the United States. The FBI is all over him. Less than a month later, he's stealing canned salmon. And as the store clerks come up to him, he shoots one of them. So now he's in trouble in Canada. <laughs> He's been a naughty boy in two countries oh, now. Charles. This never would have happened if Leonard was here. Yeah. So uh, what happened was Charles was stalling as much as possible because he had to go through the Canadian court system for shooting that clerk and stealing salmon. So there was that whole rigmarole. And then they finally brought him into the United States. And he was given the death penalty in 1998. He's still alive uh -oh. because we move very slowly in this country. But uh, thankfully, Charles Ng has been brought to justice. And then they found out after the fact that even before Leonard Lake met up with Charles Ng, he was probably up to no good. Acting alone, Lake likely murdered his brother in early 1983. Donald Lake had disappeared in April of that year. Lake's best man, Charles Gunner, vanished in 1983 too. But the exact date he was killed is still a mystery. So this guy was offing his buddies before he met up with uh, Ng, and they started answering ads in the newspaper. So who's your creep? My creep is Leonard Lake and or Charles Ng, uh, but mostly Leonard Lake. Pick one. Leonard Lake is my creep. Okay. That guy is a fucking creep. Yeah, he's pretty gross, but Carl, I got to tell you, my guy this week. Yeah? My guy this week. You got a guy this week? One guy. Yeah. Real fucking problem. Okay. Legitimate fucking problem in the history books fucking problem. We're going to Colombia in 1992. If you recall what was going on at the time, the cartels are running out of control. They've been in the middle of a decades-long civil war. Oh, yeah. Back then, they were out of control. Well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They're just, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were a bit of a problem. But the, the 90s... They were, yeah. Escobar was still running shit. Sure. So a lot of people in Colombia ended up homeless, Carl. The only nice thing about it is that if you wanted to get nice shoes, all mm -hmm. you needed was a ladder. Mm -hmm. And you could get yourself some nice pair of shoes. Anytime you needed to. They were just, you, <laughs> you know just what? Had a ladder. If you were lucky. You could find the, the size. You could it, find the right size. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you were lucky and they were up there long enough, eventually the shoes would just fall. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. And you got yourself a new pair of loafers. They fucking smell, but holy shit. So, What's this show for? It's for nobody, right? Go let's on. talk about the homeless children in Colombia. Huge problem. Parents died. Kids are running all over the street. In the middle of this, this is where my creep grew up. His name is Luis Garavito. Or as he would later be known, Carl, he had a great nickname. Cute nickname. You ready? Yeah. The Beast of Colombia. <laughs> okay. That's and that's fun. a country that had Pablo Escobar. Okay? Yeah. Luis Garavito was the oldest of seven brothers. He had a f- kind of a fucked up childhood. He didn't have to take naked pictures of his sisters. That's good. But his mother was a prostitute, and his father was a drunk and her pimp. Alcohol is bad. You shouldn't drink alcohol. So he abused the mother quite a bit. And the, and the siblings. And it was not long until he was enlisted in the family business, so to speak. Okay. Not to be a pimp, though. Like, one day, some guy's just fucking his mother in front of him. And he's like, hey, can you throw the, that one in here for me? And dad was like, get in there, son. It'll be an extra 50, whatever the fuck it is. The dad started pimping out his kid. To fuck his mom, though? To get fucked by these guys who were fucking his oh, mom. Oh, okay. So he's double-tagging dudes with his mom. Ugh. I don't know if that's true. That baby made <laughs> I know, I was going to say. But yeah, his father pimped <laughs> turning, him out. You're turning this into some weird uh, ass-to-mouth thing that I don't even want to know about. Well, either way, he got pipped out as a kid. And yeah. uh, then he started acting out sexually, and he started violently raping his little brothers. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not a good thing. No. Uh, I don't know if his father was upset because he wasn't paying to fuck his brothers. But... <laughs> That is a problem. Yeah, he got thrown out, Carl. Those are good customers. At age 16, he's left to fend himself. He starts working as a store clerk, and uh, he took to the streets to become a vendor who sold prayer cards and religious icons. Oh, good. And normally, patria filia spiritu homeless. So he turned his life around. Great story, Vinny. All right, what do we got? Well, got he does voicemail? turn his life around for oh. a kid who was just fucking pimped out with his mother. Yeah. He met a nice girl. She had a little girl, a little baby, Columbia. and he was like... Columbia a lot of people girl, said, huh? yeah, a lot of people said that uh, he was a very respectful, nice guy. I hear there's some uh, attractive girls in Colombia. Is this true, Vinny? There are some very attractive girls in Colombia. <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn you. You're probably wondering why I'm bringing this guy as my creep. Well, in 1992, started um, a little habit. Okay. And what he would do is he would disguise himself as a different character. And uh, he would go around and find all of the little homeless boys. And uh, he would make friends with them. And then he would take them for walks. Okay? So pretty much like what Spider-Man in Times Square does now. He was just ahead of his time. Uh, no. 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 His costumes, like, he would dress up as a priest. Uh-huh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A street vendor. I mean, that's, kind of, that's kind of like a superhero in Colombia. But he would go out there and he would say to the little kids, hey... You look hungry. You guys want some food? Let me take you to get some food. And he'd take him for a long walk until they got tired. Or if you met an older kid, his, his, the kids that he tended to meet, Carl, were between the ages of 6 and 16. Okay. Okay. And uh, he would basically take them for a walk. Sure. Wait for them to get tired. Overpower them and tie them up. And then he would, uh, I'm not going to read all this because I got to tell you, I, I can't. It's too much. But I'll just let this boring guy tell you about it. Usually. The youngster would experience protracted indecent assault and torture by having the hands, feet, and buttocks stabbed with a screwdriver. Teeth were routinely knocked out, and pointed items placed into the anus. 
The penis and testicles were also routinely amputated and shoved into the child's mouth while alive. They were burnt with a lighter, stepped on, and typically displayed injuries in the back, belly, and neck. Sometimes, they were indecently molested while their guts flowed out. Garavito's climax would come after he had beheaded the infant alive or slashed the neck as he finished. Necrophilia with the victim's corpse was also occasionally engaged in the murders. The corpses of the youngsters were all discovered entirely nude, and all showed bite marks and traces of anal penetration. Packets of lubricant were found near the bodies, along with empty bottles of the cheapest brandy in Colombia. That's gross. Yeah, Carl. He, uh... Did a lot of bad things to those kids. The cheapest brandy? The cheapest. The brandy. cheapest. That's got to be some shitty-ass brandy. Colombian brandy? <laughs> Ugh. Why do they have to point that out? What kind of weird detail is that to include in this? I think it does sum him up quite nicely, though. <laughs> wow. An absolute fucking monster. This, this person sounds like a monster. Dude, he would cut their dicks off and shove them in their mouths when he would leave the bodies places. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, so he left a lot of evidence behind. Uh, as you could hear, you heard like the uh, bottles of booze and empty packets of lube. This episode could be hard to listen to. But, um, you know, it's Colombia, so the police had bigger problems, you know, yeah. like delivering whatever drugs Pablo told them to go sure, deliver. Sure. Or uh, murdering whatever person they were being told to go murder. So they didn't really look hard and they would find these bodies and they'd be like, eh, you know, they're just littering the streets. They're starting to pile up. And, uh, Apparently, in 1997, they piled up a little too much. Okay. And somebody came across this, Carl. Take a look at your screen. That was like a mass grave there, Vinny. Containing at least 25 children, Carl. Did uh, did he put the numbers on the kids, or did the authorities do uh, that? The authorities did after the excavation. I'm rooting for number three. Number three, let's go three. Let's go. Ah, damn it. Yeah. How about 17? Let's go 17. Oh. <laughs> hey, how many dead babies can you fit in a hole? Turns out at least 25. It's like they're all running a marathon. <laughs> all uh, murdered in the same spot. Dude. Right at the finish line. He threw all their so, bodies into this shallow grave and just kept piling them in there. Uh, yeah. And eventually, like, eventually the cops have to pay attention to this shit now. Because sure. they find all these. And they thought, Carl, that it was like a cult that was doing this or or like a, uh, a cartel's child trafficking ring. They didn't <laughs> think this was one fucking dude. Yeah. So a few months later in February 1998, the bodies of two naked children were found on a, on a hillside <laughs> lying next to each other. And uh, a few feet away from uh, another body was found. So they found three bodies in this one little area. All of them had their hands bound and their throats slashed. The murder weapon was also found nearby. Lube empties, a pair of glasses. And now, that's the way the news goes. Well, searching the area around the bodies, police also found a note with, the ad with an address handwritten on it. Okay. Upon further investigation, investigation, the address turned out to be Garavito's girlfriend. Okay. So when the investigators arrived at his house, he wasn't home. His girlfriend was. She gave them access to all of his shit that was in the house. Not a good move. Not a good move. Ooh, that hurts. So the cops start going through his shit. And uh, what do they find, Carl? What do what does any good serial killer who puts up really big numbers do? Oh, they probably uh, have like a journal. Detailed journals yep. of all of they his murders. They always do. They always write it all down. Tally marks of his victims. And uh, 
he gets picked up by the police a few days later. They go to his actual house. They don't find him, and they keep an eye out for him. They have APBs, whatever those are fucking worth yeah, right. in Colombia. But he gets arrested a few days later on an unrelated charge of attempted rape against a boy. Unrelated? I well, mean, it sounds pretty related to me. This, this, sounds like that's kind of like his MO, if you yeah. ask me. Well, a homeless dude saved the fucking day, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was trying to rape a fucking kid in an alley, and the homeless dude was like... And he fucking stopped him for raping him and held him up until the, the kid grabbed the police. The police show up. They arrest him. No and, one uh, told me there was going to be boasting. Oh! Shut oh. up, Carl. <laughs> so he gets arrested, and they didn't even know this was the guy until they get him to the police station. So they get him in there. <laughs> hey, there's been someone who's been raping a lot of kids around here. We just caught you raping a kid. Are you possibly that guy? Well, they put you his name into the shit, and they realized there was an APB out for him. Yeah. But this guy's dressed up in whatever fucking getup he's out. He's either a priest. He's fucking dressed as a homeless guy. He's putting on fucking costumes to go do this. He's, he's like, going to other towns. He's like Roger the Alien from American Dad. He's, he's just fucking out a different persona exactly, every episode. He is exactly Roger <laughs> yeah. the Alien. Exactly correct. And he's going out and just like one day Put he's on a, a blonde lady. wig. He's yeah. like a surfer dude one day. Hey kids, hey, you want some candy? Who wants to do something radical with me today, huh? Hey, you know it'd be cool if we went for a walk. Yeah. Hey, how about we uh, hang 10? That's uh, taking 10 of your fingers off your hand and hanging it up on and a clothesline. Putting them in your <laughs> asshole <laughs> with the screwdriver. So, uh, Carl, the grand total yes. of uh, children that they were able to charge him with killing. Yeah. 172 kids. 172? That's impressive work, even by Columbia standards. Think you could get away with that without having legal legal ramifications? You're oh out of your God. fucking mind. <laughs> it's a good point, John. Yeah. You know what? Stunt Joe's making some sense all of a sudden. So that he, is against the law. Yeah. He can rape and murder 172 children. Those glasses were traced back to him. The they had him. He was fucking done. Sure. Now let's talk about Columbia law. Oh, yeah, I'm saying it's illegal. I don't even know. What do I know if it's illegal or not? How much would you like to guess you would be put into a Colombian prison for for being found guilty of a murder, Carl? Well, I think um, are you talking about first degree. Sure. First degree murder. Yeah, that's got to be at least a couple weeks, right? Um, well, Carl, the answer is 12 years. OK. All right. 12 years per murder. So this guy is found guilty of 138 of the 178 or 72 accounts that he was sentenced to. Okay. So that times 12 is like 1,853 years. Oh, okay. That's that's a long time. And nine days. And nine days. The lengthiest sentence in Colombian history. Now, however, Carl, this is, this is the rub. Okay. The Colombian law limits imprisonment to 40 years. Interesting. And after Gravito helped police find the bodies of the victims and cooperated, there's another rule called the three-fifths sentence. So if you help oh, no. the cops solve... Uh-oh, well, there's rules that involve three-fifths. It's never a good thing. I already don't like this. Yeah, man. The Columbia three-fifths <laughs> rule is not quite as fucked up as the old American <laughs> one, but uh -oh. it's up there. Ruh-roh. It's not good. <laughs> What's this? So if he maintains his good behavior, 
He's eligible for parole in 2023. Well, that's retarded. <laughs> that's not a good thing. This motherfucker's not gonna get it out. And not only that, Carl, you ready for this shit? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna like this though. You're gonna be impressed. Apparently, in prison, he's very respectful of the guards. Sure. He's very well behaved. They keep him away from the other prisoners. Well, he likes to because fuck he children. Oh, does adults. he? Oh, does <laughs> yeah. he? He doesn't find adults attractive. Yeah. But he only uh, takes food and drinks given to him by the staff. And uh, <laughs> smart. And I'm gonna tell you right now what a fucking monster this man is. Okay. And this is gonna seal the deal for me. Vote for Vinny. It's very simple. He is in prison studying to be a politician. What? 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 He wants to get out of prison and start his career in activism. All right. So here's a question for you. You have um, Kamala Harris versus this guy. Who are you voting uh, for? Louis Gravito. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to think about it. I mean, he's running for president of Colombia. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I guess he could yeah, whatever. Run. I mean, whatever. What's, what's going to change? Yeah, okay, it's fine. <laughs> Let him go. Let him go. But uh, he hopes to start his career in activism and helping abuse children. <laughs> oh, man. What a creep. Oh, good one, Vinny. Oh, thank you, Carl Hamburger. Uh, Carl? Yes, Vinny. That is my creep this week, Louis. Excellent work. Garavito. Boy, you got a tough choice this week. You can pick whatever one of Carl's creeps you want to. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put them both on there separately Leonard, to split your vote. Leonard Lake. I'm just going to have mine. You asked me and I told you Leonard Lake is my creep. I was just offering if you want me to. Uh, With a side of Charles Ng. With a little side of Ng. Ng and duck sauce on yeah. the side. So, but it's mostly Leonard Lake. That's the uh, main course. Carl. Yes, sir. That was a good round. That's fun. That's a good way to start the show off. So uh, make sure you vote this week at thecreepoff.com. <laughs> we just started the show off. I'm hopefully it's almost over. Start the round, man. <laughs> oh, right. The next round. I now, uh, I just want to apologize to everybody. I know we are a day late on recording this episode. And a dollar short. One might say. Nailed it. But here's the deal. Yeah. Yesterday, we had a weird event here at the club. Um, Wait, the Buffalo Bills is not a weird event, Vinny. Disgusting event. It I was, had to, I was an exterminator, it actually. It was fantastic. Our buddy Mark, the manager of the club, yeah. his nephew was diagnosed with Ewing syndrome, which is like a brain tumor. Yeah. Kid's 15. It's Huge diehard Bills Patrick fan. Ewing, as you would have liked to have hoped. Well, I still say fuck the Knicks, but... He's Ewing syndrome fan. means that you're going to score 22 a game and at least pull down 15 boards. That's the Ewing syndrome. You're going to get a yeah. You're going to get some rebounds. <laughs> Don't pull this clip from Mark, please. <laughs> She's going to get some rebounds. <laughs> but either way, this poor kid. Uh, it was the coolest thing in the world. The Buffalo Bills had Micah Hyde, his favorite player, like Zoom call him. So we put it on the boards. That was cool. The big boards. It was a huge thing. The news was here, so we couldn't record yesterday. It was my fault, and because we are having a big event here this Sunday, it is your fault. But it's also the fault of the Bills for being such a great stand-up guy. Yeah. Now, if you want to be a stand-up guy, Carl, you can't. Bills Mafia. You're baby. not going to be there for the event on Sunday. Right? I'm not. I'm going to be in New York this weekend. You're still going to buy tickets, though, right? <sighs> to support the, the poor kid. <laughs> is this the pressure you're putting on me right now? Well, you're going to support the kid. Take right? it out of last month's you're Patreon support money. Dylan. Take it out of last month's Patreon money. Go ahead, buy whatever you want with that oh, money. Oh, Mark's not going to like that. <laughs> But yeah, it's a fucked up situation, dude. The poor kids' parents had to quit their jobs to take care of them full time. It's pretty fucking bad. That does suck. So Josh Allen has cleats that are up for. Josh Allen gave the cleats to Dylan. Oh, I can't win those from but Dylan. You can win a Dion can Dawkins. I win, can I win them helmet. from Dylan? 
I'll tell you Josh what. Josh Allen's cleats. Buy you your just tickets. see me ripping them out of his hands. If you buy your tickets, <laughs> Carl, That'd be a fun photo. if you do a good thing for this fucking kid and you buy your tickets, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I will make sure to put all of your tokens and all the bills shit for you to get a chance to win it. How's Sounds that? good. All right. All right. I'm in. Cool, cool. And if you want to donate anybody, donate to this. You can uh, Venmo at Carlson Comedy. They're accepting donations for Dylan. And uh, it's a good cause. It is a good cause. It's a fucked up thing. He's a good kid. I mean, I didn't know a brain tumor makes you a Bills fan, but whatever. Wow. Wow. You know, so Mike Hyde was on the video boards yesterday and I was talking to him because I set up all the Zoom shit. And I was like, so how are you going to cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle this year? Did you ask him that? And he was like, I don't think I can, man. He's like, I think I'm going to have a pulled hamstring all season. <laughs> okay. At least when we play the Dolphins. That's all what he right. said. So you didn't actually ask him that. I don't oh, know who's going to throw the football that far down the field. I don't even know if Hyde needs to suit up that game. You don't need to. Do you know the last year Tyreek Hill only caught nine passes that were over 20 yards? <sighs> Vinny, I would know that, but I have a policy. You want to do some voicemails, Carl? Yeah, let's do it. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the City of Syracuse. Come see our annual Shakespeare Festival, featuring the only rendition of Romeo and Juliet to feature full penetration. <laughs> see you in Syracuse. That's perfect, because you know that they were like 13 years old in that play, too. Uh, it's something Syracuse I gotta, do. I gotta tell you, man, here's a report directly from Syracuse. Hey guys, so I'm in Syracuse for a dog show. Sorry to hear that. Holy shit, this place is fucking depressing. Those aren't dogs. Woke up crying for no reason at all. <laughs> and the only good thing I've found here so far is Terrell's Syracuse style potato chips. Dash of this, dash of that. Hope there's some fucking arsenic in this shit. <laughs> anyway, Cuzaroos for life. As long yeah. as that lasts. Cousaroos. Uh, Cousaroos are representing Syracuse. Good stuff. I like how he says his girlfriend woke up crying for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that That's sounds about right. That's just called having the Syracuse blues, That's honey. the Syracuse blues right there. Everybody gets used to it. Um, So wait, Syracuse has their own potato chip style? I guess. Wow. I'm pretty sure it doesn't sell very far past the 315 area. Yeah, I was going to say, I never even heard of that. Um, but I know that they made, I know they're the ones who figured out you can put salt on potatoes. Wow. Impressive stuff, guys. We're gonna name our baseball team after it. <laughs> what if we what if we cook these potatoes in a shit ton of salt? Would that taste good? Yes. It does. Fucking losers. Alright, this one came in from a guy who's mighty sad to hear I lost last week. This is Papa John. This is how I talk. Uh Vinny, I thought you brought in a great creep as you always do. I'm a big uh member of the Vianon clan. Lame. I vote for your creeps every week. I also just want to give a shout-out to the Rochester area. My store has been posting record profits ever since Vinny has been getting all the Patreon money. Um, yeah. I'm going to be going to the roast, and I'm actually going to be expanding my franchises there because I cannot keep up with the demand. Ever since he's been getting that Patreon money, it's, business has been gangbusters. So, love you guys. Bye. Sorry to inform you, sir. You're out of luck. I want to thank Papa John for not dropping an N-bomb. During that voicemail, we appreciate that, sir. Thank oh, this you. wasn't a business call. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't a business he wasn't call. A, he wasn't on the line with, with investors. investors. <laughs> I think Shaq was on that call for some reason. In celebration of Carl's epic win over Vinny Peacock, it's time to play the new favorite game of Americans. What smells worse? What? A. In between Vinny's double chins. B. In between the rolls of his neck fat. Yeah. C. Underneath his bitch tits. Oh. D, underneath his gunt. Or E, 
It's from Munda Cheese. Oh, God. This is very disrespectful. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even venture a guess, sir. Sir, I am the cleanest fat man you're ever going to meet. I have terrible. a... I have an unlimited subscription to Delta Sonic Car Wash, and I walk through <laughs> every goddamn morning. Remind uh, me to ask. And I go and get my coffee. Is is your wife going to be at the roast? Fuck no. Come on. I want to ask her which of the smelliest body part on you. Remind me about that voicemail. I'm going to guess she has an answer. In September. <laughs> I'm going to guess she has an answer. All right, I got a couple of voicemails here. All right, go ahead. Hi, Carl. This is um, Nick Bate. I'm, I'm calling you from prison, and this is definitely how I talk. I'm horrified that you didn't include my uh, doggy disco in your um, in your covers. So here we go. Here's my uh, oh great, okay, OP new song, doggy disco. Nick Bate, let's <clears throat> hear it. Do the doggy disco, all right? Do the doggy disco, and you'll be feeling all right. Tonight, I gotta go. Bye, doggy. Doggy disco. All right, that's Nick Bate over and out. Bye. <laughs> Nick Bate is channeling Opie for some reason. I'm very confused on that one. That was pretty good. Good stuff. That's <laughs> <was> good stuff. <laughs> you got another one? Yeah, I got one more here. Hey, this is for the creep off. This is the day labor suggestion guy. Right. I was uh, going through the backlog on WATP. And uh, I was just genuinely curious, why hasn't Gallagher been Hall of Fame for forcing Vinny to make him listen to his poetry in a room in shorts and a tank top? That Dude. shit killed me. Um, love the show, guys. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Did you happen to see that when we were talking about Stuttering John? He was talking to that woman, Luz, and he started doing a Stephen Wright impression, but he told a Gallagher joke. Can I guess which one? Go for it. Why do you drive in a parkway and yep. park in a driveway? Correct. He did that. He said it was Stephen Wright. He said Stephen Wright said that, and I was very angry at him mm. for mixing that up. Well, you should be angry at him. I mean, how could you be angry at a dullard? <laughs> Just, he's a simpleton. You're right. I'm not actually angry at him at all. It was actually endearing if how dumb he is. If that is like lovable, it's like, no. It is. Yeah, exactly. Stephen Wright did. I was reading the dictionary the other day. Turns out the zebra did it. That's a good Stephen That's Wright Stephen joke. That's a Stephen Wright joke. Uh, last voicemail this week. Hey, Vinny. I just listened to last year's Vietnam birthday live stream. That shit slapped, and I would like to apply to be part of this year's. My qualifications are my voice. Make of that what you will. Um, I have almost 300 subscribers on YouTube. Make of that what you will. And I'm the guy in the email and Discord whose mom met Jared from Subway. Make of that what you will. Call me back. That is the fucking funniest. That guy sent Pretty me a picture. Good. His mother has framed in the house in the house to this Still. day of her meeting Jared from Subway. And she looks like uh Charlie's mom from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, and yeah. she's just smiling big next to that fucking pedophile <laughs> monster. Oh no. Uh well either way, dude. See your true believers. Get at me. We might be able to make that work. If you could do something funnier than your mother hanging up a picture. That's going to be hard to beat. All right, uh, Carl, you ready to do a scum parade? I am. Can Sarah get us going in this one? You just don't have the song on your board. Is that what's going on? You never gave it to me. You don't have any of the songs. I have all the songs except for that one, the one that I really like. I want to hear the original one. All right, here's the original one.
good one. That shit slaps. It does. Jenny Jingles. All right, Carl. We're going to start off in England, shall we? Yes. Did you read this whole story? I sure did. Did this just make you laugh your ass off? I love this guy. This guy. <laughs> I'm on his side on this one. I bet you are. Yep. All right. A retired solicitor has waged an obsessive three-year campaign to get a refund from Premier Inn after he was forced to cut short his stay. Why was he forced to cut short his stay? Yeah. Because he was convicted of sexually abusing a choir boy and sent to prison. Oh, okay. Stuart Eager. So he prepaid for this hotel room he no longer needs. That's correct. Huh. He has been seeking the return of 107 pounds. pounds. Yeah. He says the hotel group owes him after he was forced to cancel part of his booking at short notice because, you know, he was sent to jail. Dude, I get this, man. This isn't about the money. You can sit there and be all trivial 107 pounds. This is about the principle of the matter. Oh, clearly. Listen, you didn't have to clean the room. You had to change the sheets. I didn't need any towels those two nights. How am I paying full price? I'm in prison for fucking children. And they're not even charging me as much as you. Right! So... Eager 73 had booked a room for six days at the branch in Portsmouth on May, in May 2019 for his trial at the nearby Crown Court. Now, he was found guilty and sent to prison after just four days meeting he paid for the two nights he didn't use. Rather than concentrating on his perhaps more pressing issues in prison, however, uh, this was to spark an extraordinary campaign to recover the relatively small sum. Well, they, it says a small sum. Do you know how much candy you can buy with that kind of money, Vinny? Oh, man. Do you know how much candy he could put in his van? You might with be able to get a pair of, of those slipper socks with the treads on the bottom. <laughs> the story of his obsessive attempt to recover his 170 pounds emerged at this week after Eager wrote to the Daily Telegraph outlining his complaint and hoping to solicit help in recovering the money. He thought the newspaper yeah. was going to do like, shame, 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 shame on you. Like they were to come and do gotcha journalism. Oh yeah, for and sure. And go to the premiere in on behalf of this child predator. So some people like just put like something shitty on Yelp. This guy takes it to the next level and says, no, 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 no. I am writing to the newspaper. I'm going to tattle on these people for stealing my money. And then he goes, I would also like to leave a classified free sex. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, uh. And he, what he wrote to. The newspaper is fucking astounding. <laughs> it's, it's impressive, man. I mean, we always joke about mental gymnastics. Well, we're going on the fucking trampese, kids. He told them that he had booked a stay at the Premier Inn for six nights, paid in full on his arrival. He was standing trial at the Crown Court following, quote, a false accusation dating back 30 years. He wrote, quote, I had no idea how long the trial might go on. It lasted just four days. And the verdict did not go my way. Juries sometimes get it wrong, you know. I was sent down for four years. He explained how he struggled to cancel the booking himself because he was in custody, but asked his solicitor to call. But since he's been told, he claims the company had no record of receiving the call. So your loser lawyer didn't call the hotel for you? That doesn't help. Yeah. Who's that old guy over there? Uncle Paul, Uncle Paul. With the creepy old guy standing yeah. <laughs> Uncle Paul. You know, it sounds I to me... I want my money back. It sounds to me like there's some tattletales who are screwing with this guy's life. He would have had to book the hotel in the first place if it weren't for these tattletales. Hey, there. <laughs> How about a nickel? 
he said it was galling enough to serve time for a crime I had not committed yeah. without Premier in trying to profit from my misfortune. Eager's attempt to get sympathy fell flat, however, mm. and instead the Telegraph's response was less than warm. You disclosed that you were found guilty of a crime but chose not to elaborate further, so I ran an internet search on you. You are a convicted pedophile. Now, more than two years have passed since the booking. You have accused Premier Inn of profiting at your expense, yet I can't see any real evidence that it did anything wrong. The Telegraph was bound by a uh, convention of keeping their correspondence identities confidential, and so only published their initials, but eager tracked down the reporter uh and sent him another letter say that he may have become preoccupied by the issue but said he was unlikely to be pursuing his claim anymore against premier in in that response but he did write to her and said i thought it was bang out of order for you to print this i thought it was a bit over the top because i'm not quite sure whether it's relevant that i was a sex offender yeah ma'am my claim was against premier in in portsmouth rather than uh dig up the dirt on what is history. And he says, I've written back to her suggesting she should believe she shouldn't believe everything she reads on the internet, like his search history. Uh, she considered my letter and took it on board, but not in the way she should have. She's there to chase up financial matters. He further complains she thinks it's trivial. That's interesting because when she advertises her very commendable column, she says she will investigate cases uh, from $1 to $1 million. In my case, it's worth $100. Um, Eager was convicted at the crown court but he just he was a lawyer the guy used to be a lawyer oh he was so that's what he's fucking flipping out about he also said to this woman at the end of this letter that um i not a pedophile i was convicted of a crime and if you call me a pedophile i could sue you yes he starts to threaten a defamation lawsuit this yes, guy's a does. gem I love this guy. Not only you cannot profit. Is he all pissed off? And by the way, he's not even pissed off about the two nights he was at the hotel. Just the one night where he says that he did cancel and they didn't get the memo. Well, I actually have audio from him. Oh, good. Uh, yelling at the newspaper after they called him a pedophile. You, my friend, have committed a crime. Defamation. This guy is, um, he might want to just like. Keep things on the DL for a little while. Like, not bring so much attention to himself. Yeah, this guy sucks. That guy really, Apparently, really sucks. in the 80s, he had, like, an 11-year-old sit on his lap as he was driving a car. And uh, I guess the 11-year-old learned how to drive a manual transmission that day. <laughs> that's pretty much the long and short of the story, that's, kids. That's it. Carl nailed it. <laughs> All right. The long and girth of it. Let's come on back to our country, shall we? I'm sick and tired of trying to read these British fucking slang Articles. We're going to Forsyth County, North Carolina, Carl. Okay. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office says they've arrested a man for filming and participating in sexual acts with dogs. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's, That's not good. And a Stokes County woman has been charged with crimes against nature. Yeah. Deputies say that he received a tip that a Forsyth County man was using a phone messaging app to sell videos of himself practicing in sexual acts with dogs on Monday. Deputies say they then took the steps to verify the allegations before obtaining a search warrant on Thursday. During the search warrants, deputies say they seized two dogs and placed them into protective custody. The dogs are now safely in the care of the Forsyth Humane Society. Timothy Lewis Blackman, 42, was arrested on March 24th and charged with two counts of felony crime against nature. And he was charged with 17 additional counts of felony crime against nature. Fucking crazy. So at the end of this article, it says anyone with information... 
Yeah, listen. <laughs> if you bought any dog fucking videos from this guy, you need to contact. <laughs> Yo, hey, this is Cletus, and I got some information about this guy. Hey, is this the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office? Well, you see, he's probably seven, seven and a half inches long, and when he's fully erect. And boy, howdy, if he can't fuck a dog in the ass. Yeehaw! He sure is the dog fuckingest motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my accent there. I don't know where Holy I'm going with shit. that. When you get arrested for fucking dogs, yeah. do you have to start over again after that? I would imagine. Because I don't know about you, Vinny, but I don't know what Thanksgiving looks like that next year. You know, there's enough shit that I have to talk about. Like somebody listens to the creep off, and I got to explain this whole thing. <laughs> but imagine someone's like, so we heard you were arrested for dog fucking. You're like, well, yeah, I mean, I was proud of it. I was putting it on the internet. Yeah. I thought if it was I were good. him, I'd play into it. He's like, yeah, and I stuffed the turkey. <laughs> Uh, you know, comedy. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. So, comedy. By the way, kids, if you uh, did happen to purchase a video of a man in North Carolina fucking a dog, you should contact the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office directly yeah. at 336 727 2112. Serious calls only. There'll be plenty of questions asked when you call that number. <laughs> Trust me, plenty of questions. <sighs> Carl, this next story is a little rough. Okay. A new Nevada woman is accused of attempting to smother her newborn at after a home birth. Okay. Authorities said Ashley Hollingsworth, 23, was arrested after the baby was taken to Mountain View Hospital in Las Vegas. Hold on. Mountain View is a weird name for a hospital, isn't it? No. Hey, the doctors there are shit, but you won't believe the view. It's amazing. <laughs> it doesn't matter which room you're in. The majestic mountains are out there. Like, I don't want to hear, a, like, that's what you would call, like, a hotel or a restaurant. Like, you're going to love the view. But a hospital, I, I just want it to be, like, really good doctor's hospital. Not like, oh, you can't, you can't believe the mountain view here. Or, or children's hospital. Sure. Because a man named Mark Children's put in a very gracious grant. I think that a worse name would be Heaven View Hospital. <laughs> Six feet below hospital. Uh, she was charged with suspicion of attempted murder and child abuse, according to the newspaper. Attempted murder of a newborn. You know how hard it is to not kill a newborn? This woman sucks at life. Attempted murder. And I would have gotten, gotten it, too. She didn't put up a fight. <sighs> Sorry. You Go ahead. The baby was born at home, and she was taken to the hospital. She was born into a toilet, by the way. You little saw that. toilet baby. She's a little Jesus toilet baby. Christ. According to the police, she had this baby at the house for more than two hours where the baby had severe injuries to her head and was bleeding profusely. Investigators discovered that Hollingsworth had given birth in a toilet approximately an hour before they were called to the hospital. Yeah. According to the television station, uh, that she had wrapped a blanket around the baby's head and was pushing the blanket against the baby's face to try to smother it. What a great mom. Off to a good start. You know, all you got to do is just drop it. You got you got 18 years of this. You're off to a good start. Don't make me get the blanket chastity. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to guess that this little baby girl's name was Bella because that's what all these dummies name their kids. All I could guess is, uh, you know, the father's there watching her try to uh, murder her newborn and just saying, This is going great. At the hospital, police said she continually talked about prophecies and other religious ideations to the nursing staff. She was like, hey, you know that Jesus is coming back. Like, listen, lady, 
you tried to murder your baby. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, well, you know, the, the B666, uh, all that shit. A witness said that Hollingsworth reportedly said that there was something evil in her stomach that was trying to kill her. Can I just say, babies are never in your stomach. I don't know why this comes up so often, but I looked it up, Vinny. Even the evil ones, not in your stomach. Huh. Never in your stomach. I could have sworn those evil ones get in there. She obviously had the same misconception, but I looked it up on Google and it's not true. Well, you learn something new every day. You sure do. That's who, what I'm here for. Who would have thought you'd get such good advice here at the Creep Ball? She said that this evil baby was in her stomach and that when the baby came out, it was probably evil. And after seeing the baby's eyes and smelling what she described as an abnormal scent, that's called placenta, honey. <laughs> yeah. And the baby grunting at her. I don't know, probably trying to breathe after it was born. Well, hold on a second. Are we sure that the baby wasn't evil? I mean, we don't know. Maybe the father was Mexican. We don't know. See, I can say that because my, my friend Dick Masterson is Mexican, so I can say that. It's fine. I do tell jokes. <laughs> some better than others. Fair enough. Um, she's being held without bail. And uh, the baby survived, but it is uh, not doing too great. No, not going well. Not going too not well. Not a good start. Welcome to planet Earth, little Pollywog. Carl. Yes. Are you ready for a new segment I want to do? Yeah, what do you got? This week's edition of What the Fuck Canada. <laughs> okay, I like it. I already like it. In a horrifying child sex crimes case, a Gatineau Hills man has pled guilty to raping his infant daughter who almost died during the despicable acts. The man from Gracefield, Quebec, told the court he was sorry for raping his baby, and uh, he did it for two months at the end of 2021. The man in his 20s has been sentenced to 12 years. Well, it's interesting. What the fuck, It's interesting Canada? because uh, Judge Katanji Brown, who, you know, is obviously up for uh, Supreme she Court. She doesn't practice law. She, she waited on this, and she thought at least... Three months with parole after 30 days. Because this her, is this is horrendous. This is it, such a heinous crime. I think you got this wrong. This wouldn't have been her. She would have given thrown the book at him, given him 12 years probation. <laughs> the infant yeah. required surgery. House arrest for you, sir. But that's where the... Oh, okay. Just stay out of that nursery. <laughs> unless the baby needs you. And you're... Uh, the infant required surgery, Carl. Yeah. Like... They're not built as sex objects. They're, they're not sex machines at that age. No, they are not. It's not good for um, them. The judge gave the typical, this is a crime that is despicable, repugnant uh, statement. But this is what pissed me off. There's a publication ban on the identity of the rapist. Right. To shield the identity of the victim. Right. Which, by the way, I want to point out that the newspaper in England wasn't allowed to write about who that person was either. But some sleuth figured it out anyway and put it all out there. Yeah. So it's like it's just like this legal thing where like, well, they can't say who it is, but I'm sure we'll, we can figure it out pretty easily. So if uh, you know which baby in Quebec has the uh, surgically uh, repaired vagina, let us know <laughs> who the father is so we can all look out for this fucking creepo. Um, yeah. This if, is if there's a baby with a, a daddy stitch, <laughs> then so. Yeah, he, get, he gets out of fucking jail in 12 years, and he gets to be on the sex offender registry for life, but he's banned from owning weapons for 10 years after his release from custody. How about you chop his dick off? He raped a baby. I think it's interesting that the judge even came out and they're like, listen, we don't want the, the sentence to be too harsh. This isn't about revenge. 
Is the U.S. the only country that locks up criminals? Is that why we have the largest prison population? Because we're like, oh, you raped a toddler? Or no, this was a newborn. No, we just put people in jail for dumb shit. Is that what it is? A lot of it's dumb shit, but okay. we would. This guy would not be getting twelve years in the good old U.S. of A. No, I wouldn't think so. Where's that USA chant? Let's go. I need Seriously, it. Seriously, I, I think that where we're from, we lock this guy up. Fucking Canada, trampling old ladies in the streets. Yep. Awful place. As documented here, Canada is a hellscape. Oh, man. So <laughs> I guess that's this week's. All right, let's spin off. that wheel. It's time to spin the wheel, Vinny. I've been staring at it this whole episode. I forgot about actually, that. You're, actually, your fat ass has been in the way, but now I just remember that it's back there. All right, let's remind people. It's been a while since you've had to read these off. Let's remind people what is on the Wheel of Consequences. I imagine that we swapped something out. Since I did my Carl Hamburger thing. Uh, no, no. What was the what was the last one we did? Okay, I'm going to put this over here so I can read it. I think the last one we did was Dinner with a Listener. Okay, so uh, podcast series of The Winner's Choice is still on there. Right. Drive to Gary, Indiana is still on there. Horrible. Tom Meyer's Restaurant. Fuck Funny. that. Murder and makeup video. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's a fun one, yeah. Uh, Rachel Dolezal OnlyFans. You have to subscribe for your Is that still monthly. going? I wonder if that's still going. I don't know, but you can pick something equally horrendous. I got it. Okay. She's uh, great. Do something truly nice for your co-host. I love that one. No, thank oh, you. that's the one I'm rooting for. Semenology. That's where we have to buy the autographed semenology book. Yes. And then be photographed reading it. Reading it. Uh the two hour handcuffed music marathon. No fucking thank you. Oh yeah. I haven't even thought about if you got that one, what I'd make you listen to. Interesting. Interesting. Knife edge chops from Colin Delaney. Okay, that's no the one you're rooting thank for. You. Pass the spin. That's the one I'm rooting for. Pass the spin is uh, scary. The Cardiff Electric stand-up challenge where you have to perform a stand-up act created by Mr. Cardiff Electric. Oh, boy. Real jokes only, Cardiff. Dinner with a listener. Oh, that's still on there? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, that people want, like that one, and they think it's funny. Okay. Uh, go to church. Okay. Those are our choices this time all right so, let's get that thing in the camera's view hold on a second let's get the, let's get the spin in here we're excited people are excited to find out okay. what Vinny's consequence is going to be oh my gosh i forget how fun it is to be on this side of it I'm gonna go around. when i'm on the other side of it it's like the opposite ah! of fun now it's like watching other people at the dentist now it's fun okay all right Carl. let's do it i fucking hate your guts all right here we go and we're spinning around and around. Hands up so you can't accuse me of cheating. Wow, you got other things. Yeah, we got other things back there we got to worry about. Jesus Christ. All right, so the wheel is slowing down. We are going to be at Semenology. <laughs> oh, no. Semenology is a book that was written about how to make cocktails using a guy's spunk. And uh, for some reason, this is for sale on Amazon. And there's an autographed copy. It's there's like 100 autographed bucks. copy. I'm pretty sure it hasn't sold. All right. So you have to drink how many of these cocktails that, no, no, that have my spunk it. in I'm them? I'm not even going to read this book. How many, how many cocktails do you have to chug in this video that we make? I think uh, that's what we decided. I'm not drinking. <laughs> that is not what we decided. I think so. Fuck you, Carl. I think so. Uh, hey, I Carl. think the cow photographer has to jerk off and do a uh, shot glass. That sounds terrible. At the live show, and then you have to drink it. Uh, Carl, what you just? What are you doing over there? Ah, I'm just looking at gay porn again. <laughs> <laughs> D 
damn you. What's that, Carl? Mel Bukaki, that's all. It's my thing. Oh, man. Uh, that just made me feel a little bit better. Um, right. I don't so you got to you got to the uh, sound oh. bites for my hour and 45 minutes then. I got some good ones. I like this one the best. Oh, good one, Vinny. That was my new favorite. Nice. Um, and then I also like this one, too. Ooh, I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is this week's edition of The Creep Off. Make sure you vote at thecreepoff.com. Follow us, support us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash creepoff. If you can, we appreciate it. We try to get you some bonus episodes. We're going to try to do one. How's next week sound, Carl? For a scum stream. Let's do it. All right. And uh, next week, you're going to be in New York. I will. Do you want to do the show without me next week? I always want to do the show without you. I, want okay. to do the show, I wanted to do the show without you just now. All right. Well, it's episode 108. Oh, I got to find a co-host. So we can reach out to someone who does episodes 108 and see if he wants to be on board. Maybe I already did. Yeah? Maybe I have a new co-host. We'll oh, see what happens. Okay, cool. That won't just destroy this whole thing. Do you have a uh, a time? Is it going to be regular time, Monday at, at noon Eastern? I believe it's going to be 6 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern on Monday. 6 p.m. Eastern next Monday. Live. On Rumble. You can watch it live. Live on the Rumble, I believe, yes. I will be just getting done with the Anthony Cumia show at that Make time. Make sure you plug the creep off because I'm sure you're going to remember to do that. I will, of course. Of course I will. You can't get me to shut up about the creep off. Are you kidding me? It's all I talk about nonstop. <laughs> <sighs> so if you want to uh, reach out to the show, you can send us an email, thecreepoutpod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 585-371-8108. Make sure you rate and review. It helps us out quite a bit if you do. And uh, we'll get to hear our good friend Dorkles read the reviews again soon, hopefully. Oh, good. So uh, make sure you uh, leave them reviews. And until next week. Remember, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. And if you want to do something nice with Dylan, Venmo at Carlson Comedy. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. You're a stupid dumbass. Uh-oh. Retard alert. Retard alert, glass. What is this garbage? How do they have a podcast? This is bullshit. Don't get it wrong. I may be big. I'm very strong. I can pick you up and go to a pizza. Thanks a lot, Carl. <laughs>